All right, Stan. We're here for another one of these dispatches. A little late in the month, right? <clears throat> yeah, we um, got a late start on this one. So tell me everything. You went to the Poor People's March. That's what we're going to talk about, right? <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's part of um, what I included in this uh, last dispatch is uh, yeah, what I so, experienced in, in D.C. on uh, Juneteenth weekend. It's exactly a month before we're speaking here today. So you were walking up Pennsylvania Avenue toward the U.S. Capitol? Yes, without Donald Trump. He, he said he would come with us. But he <laughs> Do you remember the full name <laughs> of the march? <laughs> the without looking. Poor, Don't look it up. Yeah, yeah okay. The Poor People's um, um, uh, Wage Workers and Poor... Oh, no, the... Wait, uh, poor people's and low, the poor people's and low wage workers um, march on Washington and to the polls. Yeah. But there's something else I'll let Assembly. Out. The poor people and low wage workers <laughs> assembly and moral march on Washington <laughs> and to the polls. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you went there on Amtrak. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite a. Uh, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been on Amtrak. It's possible that I was on an Amtrak once in Sanford, in the Bay Area. Do they have trains going between different cities in the Bay Area? Yes, they, uh, on both coasts, they have uh, quite a few trains, mostly the East Coast, North, yeah. Northeast. I think um, I may But have been we, from Kansas, you go through uh, Chicago and uh, so it was one of those high-speed trains that I keep hearing about <laughs> and that the Chinese are building. It's it was something like that. Just no, I've no. been on one of those high-speed trains that the Chinese have. That was going 180 miles an hour, I think. This one got up to top speed of 90. And <laughs> hey, that's not bad. And, Come on. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it looked really fast looking at. The window, and then a uh, five days after we were on this route uh, from Chicago to Kansas, called the Southwest Chief. Uh, the Southwest Chief derailed. You might have seen that the whole the whole yeah. train went off the tracks. It was a, a pretty hairy thing, but um, it, it, I, I wasn't surprised it, looking at some of those unregulated crossings we were going through. Uh, Mm. I'm kind of worried about that. But you went, um, this march is, is uh, based on the Poor People's Campaign. Uh, it's sort of a callback to the to Martin Luther King's Poor People's Campaign, 1968. Mm -hmm. um, right. And they, um, they had one um, in 2018 on the 50th uh, anniversary. In fact, that was a two-month uh campaign in D.C. and in state capitals around the, the country. Um, and, then, and then this one was kind of a, I guess, 52nd <laughs> anniversary um, of that. And a lot of it focusing on what uh, Reverend William Barber, who's one of the founders of this whole movement, was um, it, calling the, he, he was calling the, the huge death toll, not only from 
COVID, but from poverty and police killings, militarism, all of these things, referring to all these things as policy murder. In other words, mm. murder by policy. Right. Um, and, um, and, and so what I was um, uh, basically writing about was we have uh, here a nonviolent movement that is um, trying to uh, end the this um, uh, all, the, all this stuff that may not people may not think of it as violence, but it's yeah you know, yeah opposing the violence of the state and the right wing. So, since this is one of your dispatches, Stan, no, and since you're talking about nonviolent mobilization, no. Stan Cox dispatch, including nonviolent mobilization, is complete without a mention of vehicular <laughs> homicide. So, what should we just get that out of the way? Um, uh, um, yes, I, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, that is another, um, for, well, okay, so I was, um, yeah, we have uh, state violence that we're very familiar with, but there's this um, dramatic rise in sort of uh, uh, freelance uh, civilian uh, violence. And there, and, and I was focusing on, on two kinds. One um, is directly um, uh, targeting the electoral system and the, the um, um, harassment and, and threats directed against uh, election workers and voters. And, and the fact that all but seven states allow uh, you to carry um, open or close carry of weapons into a polling place. Um, and then, then the other is the um, uh, violence directed against uh, protest and dissent and, and the criminalization of protest, um, protesters uh, and the kind of decriminalization of violent attacks on the protesters, including these laws that permit you to run over people engaging in a protest if you claim that um, you feared for your life, uh, you, you feared these people and wanted to, and, and panicked and tried to get away. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, uh violence because um you know my inclination when i hear about especially this kind of like people trying to run you over or people trying to intimidate uh you with guns is like you know i i think of like george jackson or or the black panthers who are sort of like if they can carry guns we can carry guns if they can <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. run. They're not the they're not the only people with cars either. Right. <laughs> so what but, you know, there is something about I've been reading a lot about nonviolence. Um, uh, you know, I read a bunch of arguments against nonviolence. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you I know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I read your uh, your tweets. That, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, Gelder Luce. I mean, Gelder Luce is interesting because it's a very he's an anarchist. Um, you know, and and a lot of it is focused on protest tactics. So he's sort of like, you know, the nonviolence police at protests 
that that make a big show of distancing themselves from any kind of property destruction or masking or you know defending themselves mm-hmm. people who kind of fight back when police try to beat them down etc he says they that that kind of nonviolence policing does more harm almost than the police themselves because it's basically mm-hmm. like fragmenting the the solidarity of the protest it's creating this disunity that's exploitable by uh the state um also by these grassroots driving killer murderers or whatever um Mm -hmm. so that's you know that's one side of it but like when you look at like the black tradition right because you know i thought i you're you're the protest that calls back to to martin luther king and like i'm reading i also just started this book i'm i'm it's it's a pretty short book by this by the look of it i i'm reading it on a on a e-reader so it's percentage i'm about five six percent of the way in but it's about like people who had guns black people who had guns in the u.s south during the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. and it appears to have been everybody so it's sort of like uh you know there's like an anecdote about an old an old lady who was going to vote stokely carmichael apparently told this story where he's like escorting an old lady to vote for the first time and she's like Oh, son, you're going to have to hold my gun. Uh, I forgot to leave it at home. <laughs> I don't think they're going to want it in there. So she hands him a purse with like a Civil War era pistol. <laughs> and he holds him. She goes votes. So um, it's just like in America, you know, um, it's America. Like it's the most, vi- like it's violence is everything in america (laughs) you know like pop culture is violence uh you know street violence and crime and and music and 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 tv and like it's redemptive i was watching like stranger things on netflix stan and it's like stranger things is like a sci-fi horror thing and like in the last because i was you know i was reading your thing and i was i was watching it like the night that i read your thing and in the finale, there's like a scene where the bad guy is like a, a a guy who murders people by like ripping their bones apart and ripping their eyes out and stuff by with mental telekinesis. Yeah. Okay, and so the, the the it's a bunch of children that are like trying to trying to kill this guy before he kills them, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so like in the final scene, one group of children is like throwing molotov cocktails at him and lighting him on fire and shooting him with a sawed off (laughs) shotgun while another group is like slicing the heads off of these monsters that he controls and it's all like done to like rock music and he's meanwhile trying to break this girl's arms and legs and she's floating in the air and he's breaking her into pieces and it's like and it's like this it's this really moving cathartic you know like moment right where you're like yeah go light that guy on fire cut their heads off you know like shoot that guy right and i was like this is so perfect like this is this is a very and i and i just thought like how is i don't know maybe this means that the solution has to be non-violence but to me it seems impossible that that you could change this without violence like just sitting there waiting for these for other people to do violence to you. But tell me what, tell me where you're at in this nonviolence thing now. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of situation, the uh, you know, situation where you, you have no choice but to use violence, a, a kind of desperate situation, 
I think is different from having a policy from the outset, a, a policy of violence as a, a tool to. Right. Um, and I, one of the, it was a um, very impressive thing to me in um, 2017 in Charlottesville, where there was the Unite the Right, yeah. Unite the White Right rally, and um, which was really a, a big brawl. And there were um, this group of, um, of clergy who had, had come there early and were uh, at least early that day and were some standing at the, uh, the Confederate statue that was at the center of the protest. And they were, you know, totally, it was all uh, uh, nonviolence and, and so forth. And, um, and so it's the uh, 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 Antifa folks came because the, the right wing were coming after him. We're going to attack these yeah. nonviolent clergy, and so the uh, Antifa were, um, you know, protecting them you know, and beating up on the uh, right wingers. <laughs> and and yeah. so I, I remember they were interviewing one of the pastors, and they said, "Hey, what do you think about your side um, using violence like that?" And he said, "Well, I'm quite grateful to those <laughs> folks for." <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think that would warm Gelderloos's heart, you know, that the the <laughs> fact that cuz Gelderloos is so angry at at like the sellouts where like after the fact where the nonviolent groups are like, "Ah, this protest was ruined by yeah. by the black bloc or whatever." He's really <laughs> really that's like his main I think I feel like he wrote yeah. these books just to to kind of like have some kind of yeah. expression of of you know how upsetting that is when you yeah. are all in this together and and then you're kind of sold out by like yeah you know the non-violent so yeah that is a great story about the pastor <laughs> uh, in terms of like so the book i'm mentioning is like uh, it's called this non-violent stuff will get you killed um i think <laughs> the author the is charles cobb jr yeah and it's a quote it's a direct quote from an activist from the south who told this to martin luther king he said something <laughs> like you know, this nonviolent stuff is no mm. good. It'll mm. get you killed. It's a kind mm. of a verbatim quote and, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's just, it. I guess, I guess if you understand, this is why the anarchists, you know, Gelderloos, et cetera, used to use this term diversity of tactics, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and diversity of tactics, it came to basically be you know, smashing windows. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it, because it was like so specific to this debate around protests and these anti-globalization mm -hmm. protests in the early 2000s, like that's yeah. what it almost amounted to. And so that it wasn't like the phrase means more than that, but mm -hmm. it came to have that more narrow meaning. Mm -hmm. Like, should we smash windows or not? Yeah. It translates as diversity of tactics versus nonviolence. <laughs> I'd argue that smashing windows isn't violent. Like I think of violence as like doing harm to another person. So I don't even, I allow a lot mm -hmm. of destruction of a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know, before I would call it violence, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also. It, it's like the people um, who got labeled as eco-terrorists in, yeah. in the nineties and two thousands. It was all uh, um, inflicted against property and, yeah. Exactly, and, I'm, and I agree with you. I, that should not uh, count uh, as violence, much less terrorism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, and this is why Gelderloos is really—he's um, just like you can't really have violence. Is like 
usually a, a word for whatever the person speaking doesn't like. It's actually pretty hard to come up with a definition that everybody in the room would agree with. He, he does these workshops where he's like, okay, everybody uh, is smashing a window violence. And then people put up their hands. Some people put up their hands and some people don't. And it's like, put up your hand if yeah. you think punching a Nazi is violence and then whatever. So it, it just goes on. And he's like, every group is different and people change their minds and he can't, you can never come up with a list that like yep. we all agree is violence. So, so the point he's making is like, when you create a debate or a dichotomy, like this movement must be violent or, you know, this movement must be nonviolent and we'll have a debate about whether to use violence or not. He's just like, you're already in a trap because mm -hmm. this whole thing is like a trap to basically mm -hmm. argue, like, how much are you going to help the cops? You know, round yeah. up your leaders. How much are you going to help the cops? Like, mm -hmm. make make sure that you're not actually, you know, threatening anything or or yeah. you know, being a meaningful mm -hmm. kind of coercion. Because, like, you could argue that like forcing a government to change a policy is violence, right? It's a mm -hmm. it's a coercive tool. Um, yeah. There's a there's a right wing sci fi writer Robert Heinlein. Do you know? Yeah. And Heinlein is kind of ultra right, but there's one of his uh, Starship Trooper or whatever, and there's an yeah. instructor who says voting is violence. I don't know if you <laughs> remember that, but there's like a lecture no, where he, you know, they're like, what about voting? And he's like, voting is the organized power of numbers to force a decision on the on the minority. No. It's like, that's violence. So, <laughs> and... Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it's like a fascist kind of philosophy. Like might is right. Um, yeah, the kind of a whatever Machiavellian or yeah. whatever you want to call it. But but if you are trying to use protest to make the government do something that it doesn't want to do, or make elites give you something that they don't want to give you, it is coercive. So yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can't make a it's hard to make a, a non-violence yeah. around that and the <laughs> gelder loose again is like really upset about like you know he he goes to these um protests against that school of the americas in georgia yeah. fort benning yes and and he's just like these people go and get themselves arrested they yeah. know how long they're going to be in jail and he's like they've been doing it for 40 years yeah the school is still there yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> um, so what's really what is this what is this <laughs> so yeah. i don't know i mean i i don't know if we we can settle this now but i did want to <laughs> i did want to just tell you like where yeah. i where i am in terms of this debate yeah i i find it an absolutely enraging the idea that protesters would be run over you know, right. over and over again, and that yeah. people think they can go and run protesters over without yeah. any consequence to themselves. Like that's, uh, I think I feel like that should be sorted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somehow. <laughs> and yeah, and I think that uh, that's another dimension of this. What's being defined as violence? The the yeah. the courts and uh, um, the right wing are saying are basically saying that um impeding traffic is um violence is, yeah. is yeah is, is a type of violence and then the most ridiculous one of all is i in this uh piece um went back to 
the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who's yes. the guy and uh, who uh, shot and killed a couple of people at a uh, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. um, uh, rally or march or uh, action in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. And in the people he killed were uh, chasing him. You know, he, he was carrying an automatic weapon. They were trying to just chase him out of there um, to get him out. And so then he turns around and, and shoots and kills them. Um, and, uh, the, the, he, and he was acquitted. And the central to his acquittal was this um, doctrine that um, comes out of law enforcement that, uh, but I think this is the first time it was in a, a civilian situation that if, if you, um, if, if I, if I have a gun yeah. and, and you, you don't have a gun, then the fact that I have a gun um, makes it okay for me to use that gun against you because you might come after me and snatch the gun away and kill me. If, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> uh, so my, um, so you're no, fact, but again, see when I hear that, yeah. I think you're no less safe if you don't have a gun from that argument than if you have your own. I, I, like I just I, I'm just like you're making an argument that I have to bring my gun to the protest like that's I, I yeah. can't see it any other way than that like <laughs> so either I'm yeah. either you're in danger because I'm going to shoot you with your gun or you're in danger because yeah. I'm going to shoot you with my gun like what's the and and I, you know I do think I think back to like why you have gun control right and it's basically because yeah. of the Black Panthers showing up with guns right it, they yeah. didn't they didn't protest the guns they they used the gun laws, which forced the yeah. U.S. to change the gun laws. They were like, oh, my God, we didn't yeah, mean yeah. black people. <laughs> right. So I yeah. don't know. I, I, this is one of these problems where I don't see. I actually think the path to more gun control is probably more, you know, everybody having guns, like more people <laughs> having guns rather than just one side having guns. I don't know. This is I, I'm getting. I'm going to a dark place, but you know, I am reading. I am reading every month about a whole bunch of vehicular homicides, thanks to you, Stan. So I can't help where that where that takes me. Well, that's pretty pretty grim. So it, <laughs> is it? Is it? I mean, this is a, a ratchet effect that we can't go get to where um, these um, highly affluent, highly developed countries that have very strict gun laws and, and have very, almost no gun violence, mm-hmm. is that because they never had a, a, an explosion yeah. in, of gun ownership, but now that we're at this point, there's no way. Out. I think so. That's, that's I think you grim. need more guns to get to less guns. <laughs> I, that's, a, that's what it looks like to me from here. I, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but there's more here because you you also have lived through a, a you know what some people I think are possibly correctly calling a judicial coup uh, in the past month and a half, haven't you? There's been a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. of Supreme Court decisions that have, I, as far as I can tell, changed the whole ruling structure of the whole country. Is this an exaggeration uh, or? Yeah, not not, not just um, <clears throat> because of the 
consequences of um, their, uh, in essence, um, allowing abortion to be outlawed or um, not uh, allowing protection against um, guns um, and taking away some of EPA's power on climate. Th those are, you know, they're all uh, devastating and with the abortion one having the most far reaching consequences, but they also send the message that this is not a normal court. It's not a court like any that we've known, known in the past, that they are you know, representing one, uh, one party or one, one political position, and, and an extreme political uh, position. And there's basically nothing we can uh, do about it with, without um, taking actions like um, uh, adding uh, Congress adding more um, seats to the court and, and having Biden appoint a, a bunch of people to counterbalance them. Did you to, see the uh, um, Did you see the Biden thing where he was reading the teleprompter completely literally? So he said, "Pause, repeat the line." <laughs> No, the teleprompter had this direction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what Biden is anymore, but I don't mm. think he's gonna do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he's gonna mm. do that. So okay, but we've got you you always you always have a lot of despair and vehicular homicide, but you also have, I mean, you also have some hope, you always have some hope for us to cling to. <laughs> what's the what's the silver lining on this one? <laughs> well, I I got kind of got um, uh, uh, sentimental, I guess, when I saw as I was finishing uh, writing this, the uh, Guardian <clears throat> ran a, um, a, a kind of a, a gallery of uh, forty eight um, classic photographs of protests uh, going, you know, some of them going way way back. Um, and in some of the ones, you know, a few of them were ones we, uh, we've often seen, like the, the guy standing in front of the line of tanks in Tiananmen Square. But then uh, a lot of them I hadn't seen before, but they were um, quite in, inspiring. And uh, George Monbiot, who um, wrote the kind of uh, introduction narrative to this, um, was um, was saying um, why don't you know everything is uh, looking so terrible and where you know, people are losing political power and so forth and what is protest even worth it anymore? Well, yes, yes, it is because I was wondering what uh, what you um, thought of this. He said without it, it was uh, protests like these that um, got to say. Um, eight-hour workday that um, got uh, universal suffrage, you know, all, the, all the things that, um, uh, that we're losing now, that we're, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but all, all of the reforms that made, uh, made life better, he said. So um, yeah. just remember, that's what, you know, what our past progress was based on. And so, um, you have to uh, stay uh, stay out there, and, and that was the um, impression I got. And 
and this was not just the poor people's campaign in in DC a month ago. They had uh, like 400 um, uh, partners in this, including Code Pink, for example, who we we were there with uh, uh, Code Pink, and and so all all of these uh, the events that were going on there was a it just seemed to me a sense that we we've got to keep doing this and um, very little sense that it was uh, going to um, get us out of the predicament or, or, or even fend off the, the worst to come. But there, you know, there's nothing left to do but to you know, keep standing up for what's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you talk about long odds at the end. And, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you with enough um, with enough shots, <laughs> with enough shots uh, at the goal, the long odds yeah. become inevitable, right? Yeah. Well, uh, our friend Wes Jackson loves to quote, I forgot who first said it, something about be be realistic, expect a miracle, and, and not really uh, thinking it's going to happen, but act, act as if you know, there is a possibility something could change and, and you uh, get an opening and run through it indeed all right let's conclude the dispatch on that note because otherwise we're going to get back into a dark hole of vehicular homicide yeah 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 yeah, that's right all right we'll see you in august okay yeah sounds good